Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, The Good News, His Story, His Future, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on October 13th, 2019. A lot of inspiration. This future is uh, for us as a church, as a, as a body of believers, as an individual, and all the things that God desires for us. And I, I wanted to start this morning before we get into our main passage and just simply ask a question um, Do you know what your future holds? Do you know what tomorrow will bring? See, it's kind of a, a question that, that I think we all kind of wrestle through with at times. We all kind of think about every now and then, especially uh, when maybe moments get a little tougher or maybe we're in a, in a hard season or, or even in a good season at times. You know, we want to think about our future. We plan for it. We look forward to retirement and all those good things as we get older and all the fun stuff of life. And we're very, very focused in on that at times. And uh, it's, a, it's an interesting statement because um, we want to understand what our future holds. We want to kind of look forward to things. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with, well, I don't think the Bible tells us there's anything wrong with that as far as planning and thinking about uh, what our responsibilities are here on this earth. And, and so I'm not trying to kind of move towards that, but I do want us to discover what the Bible says about our future. I, I want us to kind of turn our attention away from the world and, and focus in on what his future is, what his future, his plans are, are for us as a church. And so if you would look at at your notes there in the in the in James he warns us against this dynamic of worldliness keeping our focus on the things of this world and in chapter 4 verse 13 and 14 James says this, he says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. See, this statement hits a little close for, for comfort for me personally. See, I don't consider myself as being old, as many of you have heard me say jokingly. Um, I really don't, though. I don't really consider myself being old. But I do realize that my life is going by very fast. You know, uh, next year I'll, I'll celebrate my 50th birthday. And uh, it's kind of crazy for me, a little surreal to think about it, even though it's still about a year away. But I'll celebrate my 50th birthday. And I, but inside, I, I still feel like I'm 29. And my wife says I act like I'm 13. Yeah. So I just, it's hard for me to understand and to think that I'm already going to be 50 years old. And to, to many, that may not seem very old. To others, it's like, wow, you're that old? Darn it. Goodness gracious. What happened? But regardless of our age, you and I, we, we still think about our future. If you're, if you're just in high school, uh, your future is this afternoon, right? What you're going to have for lunch or, or where you're going to go or what you're going to look at on social media. You know, if you're, if you're later teens, if you're early or later teens and early 20s, uh, then your future might be, what am I going to do with my life as I, as I look for a job and trying to figure all that good stuff out? If, if, you're, if you're a little bit older than in 20s and I won't. I won't name any ages. Um, it's kind 
kind of like being in front of a brick wall. You know it's coming, but there's really not nothing, anything you can do about it, right? You're going to have a crash course collision with, with your future here any moment. And so the reality is, though, we all think about our future. We all think about the days ahead and even the hours ahead. And we kind of wonder. And Jesus gives us this, this beautiful picture, I believe, of what our future holds. See, the dynamic for us as, as Christians is that we just have to look to God's word to discover what our future holds. It'll help us to see what God has in store for you and I. See, God reveals this all to us. And in our passage today, we're going to see some very powerful things. We're going to see some things in, in, in regards to our future. And I believe that, that Jesus is warning us to be ready. Be ready because with each and every passing day, we are one day closer to our future. We are one day closer to eternity. No matter how old we are, no matter how young we might think we are. See, this is why you and I should be looking towards his future to ensure that we stay faithful today. To ensure that we do the things that, that God is asking of us today. Because just like the world tells us and just like we know and understand, um, tomorrow isn't guaranteed. There's no promise in the Bible that we will have a tomorrow here on earth. See, the death rate in, in our world today is 100%. All of us will die one day. And I know as we think about our future, it's kind of hard to wrestle with that fact and the reality. And when you're younger, you don't really think about that. You just kind of live and it's never a question. But as you get older and older, you start to realize, hey, I'm getting closer to that brick wall. I'm getting one day closer to that, that brick wall. Well, this morning, Jesus gives us a really good understanding about his future he shows us that, that our future is in his hands. He reminds us that we may not know what the future holds, but we do know who holds our future. Well, before we read, let's, let's pray together. Father God, we thank you so much for your love and grace. Thank you for just all that you are in our lives. Lord, we thank you that you brought us here this morning, that you woke us up, you stirred our hearts, and you said, come and see, come and hear. And so, Father, as, as we bow before you this morning, as we open our eyes and our hearts and our ears, Father, help us to be attentive to your word. Help us to, to just be willing to humble ourselves, to hear the things that you have for us. Father, we ask that you would speak to us. We want it to be your spirit that convicts us. We want it to be your spirit that stirs our hearts. We want it to be all about you, Father. Lord, we thank you that we get to gather together to stir each other up, to, to encourage one another towards faith, hope, and love. And I, Father, I just pray that you would bless our time this morning, that you'd be with us, that you'd fill us with your presence, and that you'd help us to gain insight to your word. Lord, we love you and we praise you, and we do it all in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Well, in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, starting in verse 1, he says, and as he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said to him, do you see these great buildings? There will not be, be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, Olives opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, tell us, when will these things be? 
And what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? And Jesus began to say to them, See that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name saying, I am he, and they will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These are but the beginning of the birth pains. But be, be on your guard, for they will deliver you over to councils, and you will be beaten in synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them. And the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. And when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given to you. In that hour, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit and brothers will deliver brothers over to death and the father and the father, his child and the children will rise against parents and have them put to death and you will be hated by all for my namesake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. See, in Mark chapter 13, Jesus gives us this picture of what our future holds and we can take this both as an encouragement And a warning to stay focused. Focused on living a life of faith. See, he's given us steps to take. And it's all because it's his future and our hope. Knowing that our future isn't here on earth. See, the picture he's given us here in verses 1 and 2. He says, "As, as he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what beautiful buildings. And Jesus responded to him by saying, do you see these great buildings? There will, be, will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. I want us to, to listen carefully to what our Lord is saying here. See, he's showing us that, that the things of this world are just temporal. And they don't have any real meaning for eternity. They're all just vanity. See, a lot of times we we put our hope in the beauty of this creation, the beauty of the world around us, all these wonderful things, and we stand in awe of them. And Jesus says, hey, this isn't the meaning. This isn't where you belong. This isn't what it's about. He says, because everything will perish. There will come a day when all of this is gone. See, there'll be a day when he reveals himself to us in the future. See, these things, that, the things that we've given value to, they will all perish. They will be no more. See, this should tell us that our future isn't here on earth. See, that we are just sojourners, visitors here on earth. And this isn't our forever home. Jesus says it like this in John 14, 3, as a reminder to us of, of his future, the things that he's doing in preparation. He says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. See, he's telling us that he's going away to prepare a home for us, our eternal home, our forever home. And this home is just temporal. The place we are here today is just part of his plan to move us into eternity with him. See, and you and I should take this as an important promise. It's something that that we should hold on to. Because Jesus is revealing to us something that's going to happen in his future. 
His future should be our future. And we should see it as such. See, the things that God is doing in this moment, at this time, in this place, in this city, is all preparation for eternity. It's so that we would be ready and prepared to move into that place that will be our forever home. See, when we live today knowing that this isn't our home, we will truly begin to live for eternity. We will live in a way that shows the world we have a future and it's his. And because of this, we we can't get distracted by this life. In verse 5 through 7, he gives us a warning. And it says, Jesus began to say to him, See that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name saying, I am he. And they will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place. It's interesting how he says that this must take place. All this stuff must happen, but the end is not yet. See, if you just kind of pay attention a little bit, there's a lot going on in our world today, isn't there? A lot of things that, that, that kind of create fear in our lives. A lot of things that, that, that people are doing and saying to, to move us towards a spirit of fear. A fear and an anxiety with what's going on. We hear rumors of war. We hear kingdoms and nations rising up against each other. We hear people saying, this is the way. Come follow me. Trust in me. There's people that are saying that that the world is going to come to to an end here in the coming days. As near as even the next few months to the next few years. There are a lot of predictions as to, to when all of this will happen. But Jesus says, hey, don't get distracted by all that. Don't don't let them lead you astray. Don't let them give you a false hope or a a sense of of fear in this world. Trust me and believe that that I am preparing a home for you. And there will be a moment and a time in history. Neither you nor I know the day nor the hour. But I will come again. I will come again to take you home. And even though all the world seems like it's in chaos, don't fear, don't be afraid. Trust me and believe me. He says, don't believe them. Don't let it all distract you from the truth. See, because the reality is is that the truth is only found in Jesus. He says it himself. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And then he goes on to say that no one comes to the Father except through me. See, our our only hope is in Jesus Christ. Our only future is in him. It's his future that we put our trust in. It's the hope that you and I have for eternity. I mean, if you think about this, there have been a lot of men in history. And I say men because that's all they simply were, were, were great prophets, At least that's what people say. They were great people that that could speak well and say really good things and kind of encourage us and make us feel good about ourselves in the moment and help us along the way. And a lot of them pretended or or, or thought to to lead us towards a dynamic of of a, a hope. But the truth of the matter is it was just all a false hope. Because all of these men that have come before and all the men that will come in Jesus' name, they are just that. They are simply men. See, but our hope 
is not in man. Our hope is in God. And he's the eternal God. He is the alpha. He is the omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. He is the forever. He always will be. He never changes. His love, his hope, everything that he promises you and I is guaranteed. It's a promise that you and I, we can stand on, that we could be hopeful about. We can rest in, we can trust in. We can live today knowing that our God is faithful in all things. Listen to what Mark goes on to say in chapter 13, verses 22 and 23. He says, For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders. They'll do many cool things just to lead astray, if possible, the elect. But be on your guard. I have told you all these things beforehand. See, do you catch that? Jesus says, I am telling you in advance all that's going to transpire. You're going to see a whole lot of things happen in this world. But don't let them lead you astray. Don't let these things distract you from the main thing. And the main thing is to be in a deep, intimate, personal relationship with our Lord and Savior. See, that's all that matters. See, everything else will happen. The Bible teaches us that that we are to seek God first, seek his kingdom, his righteousness. And what happens after that when we do that, when we put him first? Everything else will be added unto you. Amen to that. Isn't that that a beautiful promise? Isn't that something that, that we should wake up every morning and remind ourselves of? See, I have a future because of the promise that God has given me. If I put him first in my life, that he's going to take care of it all for me. And no matter what comes my way, no matter who comes my way, no matter what obstacles come my way, that God will take care of it for me. He'll help me. He'll see me through. He'll provide for me. He'll care for me. He'll strengthen me. He'll be my rock. He'll be my fortress. He'll be my everything. See, Jesus gives us this warning because he wants us to be on guard. He wants us to be reminded of his promises. He wants us to be prepared and know the truth and trust in it. See, he shows us his future. He tells us the things that are going to transpire in the days to come because he wants us to understand his faithfulness. I want to ask you this morning, are you preparing for that day? See, we don't know what day it is. We don't know the day nor the hour. You know, it could be five minutes from now. It could be five years from now. It could be 500 years from now. But the question that we have to ask ourselves, are we preparing for that day? See, because he's asking us to here in this passage. He's telling us to prepare for that day. He's telling us to prepare for his future Look at verses 9 and 10. He says, Be on your guard, for they will deliver you over to councils, and they will beat you in synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them. And the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. See, he's saying, Be prepared, because a lot of things are going to happen. And I don't want those things to distract you. 
I want you to stay focused. He wants us to to stay focused and not let these things distract us so that we would stay prepared and ready for the future that he has created for us. He doesn't want us to lose sight of what we are to do to prepare for the future. And I love how he gives us this in verse 10. He says, and the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. So he's telling us what we have to do to be prepared for his future. See, we are to bear witness and we are to proclaim the good news of the gospel to all the world. Do you see that as a command from Jesus? Do you take his words as being a literal command from him? Have you ever thought to yourself that that as I prepare for the second coming of Jesus Christ, as I think about his future, my future, that my role and my responsibility is to bear witness to Jesus Christ, to be a light, a beacon, right? The gospel of John talks a lot about God's love and his love for his people, but he tells us that we are to be a light, we are to be connected to the branches, we are to do all of these specific things in preparation for that fateful day when we come into eternity. In Mark 16, verses 15 and 16, Jesus affirms this. He says, it says, and he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. And then in 16, he says, for whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. That's a, that's a powerful little statement right there. See, we, we catch the dynamic of that our responsibility is to prepare the gospel and for, to proclaim the gospel, to share it, to, to be a light, to be a witness, to be something different, to be separate from this world. But do we understand the consequences of us doing this or not doing this? See, you and I have a role and a responsibility here on earth. See, we are, are responsible to people, but we are not responsible for people. And I think sometimes we get that confused because, you know, I, I go out and I want to save somebody. <laughs> I want to be a, a soul saver. But the reality is I can't save anybody's soul. But what I can do is that I can point them to the one that can. And I can do that with a, a lot of fancy words. I can do that with a lot of education and understanding of God's word. But, but simply the greatest impact that I'm going to have in regards to pointing them to the one who can is simply by doing one simple thing. What I believe and what the Bible I think teaches is simply showing them love. Offering them love. See, the, the gospel is proclaimed the loudest through our love. And it's not only our love for one another, but it's our love for those around us, the world around us, those that are hurting and those that are broken. See, Jesus showed us this kind of love by coming and dying on a cross. See, he did it so that they would not be condemned, right? John 3, 16 and 17. He did it so that they wouldn't be condemned, but be saved. So you and I should love so that others might be saved. And not condemned. Because if you look at it here, it says whoever does not believe will be condemned. Well, we can say there's a lot of reasons why people won't believe. But I'll tell you what, if, if the statistics are true and if, if, 
if the things that we're seeing in our world today, a lot of people won't be saved, not because they don't understand the truth, but it's because they're not seeing the truth lived out in us. They're not seeing it in the church. And don't get me wrong here. I'm not trying to come and, and beat up on us and, and, and make us feel bad about ourselves. But I want us to understand something that's so important is that the gospel is proclaimed through our love. If we're harsh and, and we're unkind and we don't show mercy and we don't offer grace for those who are hurting, that are broken, that are dysfunctional or different or weird, then how can the gospel ever move forward in our community? Because Jesus didn't come for those that, that weren't sick. He didn't come for those that had it all figured out. He didn't come for the, the Pharisees. But, but he came for the sick and the broken and the hurting. And th this is why when Jesus looked out on the crowd, he, he didn't have anger or frustration. He, he didn't, he didn't want to sock them in the nose. <laughs> it says Jesus had compassion. And for me, that tells me that, that Jesus' heart was just broken. He, he looked at the people and, and he just saw their lostness. He, he saw the hurt, the, the pain and the struggles of life that they were experiencing. He saw the, the bondage that they were under in, in their sin and the, and the confusion and the, the misleading of all those that have come before him that have led them astray and were pointing them away from the cross. And he was sad. Now, I wonder how often we look at our city, our community, our state, our world, other politicians, people in leadership, and we have compassion. I want to encourage us this morning as a church. I think this is what Jesus is telling us. He's reminding us that there's a hope. There's a hope for a future, and that hope only comes through him. Again, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And we have a responsibility to proclaim the gospel, to share the good news. See, that good news is what saved us. That good news is what redeemed me and restored me. It's what changed me. And it's what's changed you. It's what's restored you. It's what's redeemed you. And we, we should see people through the lens of Jesus Christ. We should see him with Jesus' eyes and have compassion and kindness for them. See, people need to hear and see the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in order to do that, you and I, we must stay faithful today. We must stay faithful in today. In these moments, at every moment, we must live a life that reflects who he is. No matter what's going on, in our life, no matter what we think our future holds. See, here's the encouragement that Jesus gives us in verse 13. He says, you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. What do you think he's saying? What do you, what do you think he's trying to tell us? Because he goes on and gives us a, a broader picture of what's going to transpire in the rest of, of chapter 13. But in this moment, he tells us, he says, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. But he gives us a warning right before that, saying that we're going to experience some things 
that we may not like. We're going to be hated just as we profess the name of Jesus Christ. See, the very name of Jesus sometimes invokes anger in some. But I think this is the reason why we should stay all the more faithful today. This is the reason why we should be proclaiming the good news of the gospel. We should be sharing the truth of what God's word says. See, because it's an understanding and reality that that God is a living God. He is alive today, tomorrow, and forever. See, we don't serve someone that's come and said some really good things and then died and never come again. We, We serve Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the chosen one. See, we know that he died on a cross for our sins and he rose again on the third day. Our Savior, He lives. Amen? Our Savior, do you believe that this morning? Does your life reflect that this morning? Will you live today faithfully because of that? I hope you do. I hope you do. And not only do I hope that you do, I hope that you come and you gather often together as a church and you remind each other that that's the reason, that's our hope. See, it's, it's his mission and our future. And we have a future because of who Jesus Christ is. See, we have because of what he gave. And for that reason, we should stay faithful. See, we should, we should have an enduring faith that no matter what goes on in our life, no matter what happens, no matter what today brings, tomorrow brings, or others bring, that we will stay faithful in our service to him and we will proclaim the good news. See, because it's in Jesus' name that we trust in the future. It's in Jesus' name that we live today knowing that he holds our tomorrow. Again, he says, but for the one that endures to the end will be saved. It's a faithful endurance. It's his future. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your love and for your grace. We thank you that you've allowed us to come to hear your word, to to open up your word, to read your word. Father, we we thank you so much that that you fill us with your presence, Father. We we truly believe that you are here with us in these moments, Father, that, that your spirit fills us and it guides us and it shows us Father, our responsibility is simply to to walk in step with your spirit so that we might bear the fruit of your spirit so that others may hear the good news of a loving Savior that died on a cross, that rose again on the third day, that defeated death, that conquered sin on our behalf so that we would have a hope for a future, a future in eternity. Father, I pray this morning that if there's someone here that doesn't know that hope, if there's someone here that needs to know that hope, that this morning would be the morning that their eyes are opened and their hearts are soft so that they may experience you, Father, that they may come to to a place in their life where they realize that the only way and the only truth and the only life comes through Jesus Christ. 
Father, I pray that you would guide our steps as we go forward, as we do the things that you've asked of us, Father. I pray that in this season that you've created for us, Father, that that we would be open and willing, that we would be submissive and humble, and that we would trust and believe. Father, thank you. Thank you. Help us to have that enduring faith that no matter what happens, no matter what we experience, Father, that we would stay focused on your kingdom, that we would stay focused on your future. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.